Welcome to another episode of the PA High School Football Report. My name is Jana Benskoder and I am alongside my colleague, Eric Kepler. We just wanted to take a moment to say thank you to those of you who have been listening to our recently launched podcast. We started about two weeks ago, so we're in week three, football's entering week four. We've had the pleasure of talking to a coach, an official, and this week, Epp had an outstanding opportunity to talk to a rising star at Shippensburg. And when we say Shippensburg, we're talking about the high school, not the university, just for clarification's sake. Uh, so those of you who are new and joining us in the podcast, we just like to additionally say welcome. Our journey is from now until the end of the season. We're going to be talking all things football in central Pennsylvania. Um, so my week was busy, busy, and Epp had a chance to pre-record a conversation and interview with a rising star at SHIP, like I had mentioned. His name is Anthony Smith, and he'll be coming up in about 10 minutes. He'll talk to Anthony about the Greyhounds' solid start, uh, undefeated 3-0. and zero. And uh, also Smith's possibility of being a future running back to extend his career at a Big Ten school. I guess that's at uh, Minnesota. Is that right, Up? That is correct. Yes. We, we joke around about the running back situation a little bit. He's getting it. Anthony's getting a taste for scoring touchdowns on the <laughs> offensive end. So I, I gave him a little teasing about that. So we'll, we'll see what he has to say. I'm looking forward to it. I, I love hearing these stories, especially from the athletes and uh, how they read the game, how they see their role in the game, and then their future aspirations. So I'm I'm stoked to hear this one. Uh, but how, so far, how are things stacking up in Central Pennsylvania? What are we looking at in week yeah, three? It's been, an, it's been an interesting <laughs> couple of weeks for sure. But well, before we get to that, listen, we don't, talk, <laughs> we, don't talk, we don't talk field hockey very often on nope. the PA high school football report, but you had a doozy. When it's lowered off in Hershey, we have to get a 30-second synopsis from you on what happened. Because that's two uh, of the benchmark programs, baby. That though that's serious, that's serious business. I am totally this is totally unexpected, but that is respect right there. That's awesome. Um, so like you like you said, you can't deny when you see uh Hershey and Lower Dolphin go at it, but Lower Dolphin. They came out guns blazing. They got two in in the first quarter, and that was end of game. Um, sophomore Avery Pollock, that girl I've seen her play twice now. Is she is very very poised, compo- composed for a sophomore uh, under pressure. She is someone who just scores standing up, sees the vision, sees the cage, and she connects. And if she's not scoring, she's a playmaker. Uh, but Linda Kreiser and her program is just one that's very well known. Those girls were all in it. Um, you know, they were they don't they don't really hit the, the long ball, the big ball, you know, from the back, mm-hmm. uh, their backs. They they work together collectively for the most part. Uh, and but that is, that's both teams, including Hershey and Hershey was just. Every single ball, they were going for it and they were trying, but the shots were with Lower Dolphin. They had 14 shots on goal, I think, and this is all from memory, and clearly I can get numbers wrong sometimes, but uh, I think that Lower Dolphin, or sorry, Hershey, my bad, had five shots on goal. So, I mean, you can see that uh, Lower Dolphin was just ripping them, and Hershey was trying to get them off, but it was a great game, 2-0, went to the Falcons. Thanks for asking. Absolutely. Hey, listen, if you get a weekend round robin and you throw in Paul Meyer in that match, man, that's a $50 mission ticket all day, all day. Right. As a yeah. Quality hockey. Fantastic weekend. All right, yeah. uh, Janet, we're going to, we're going to jump into a couple mailbag questions. This is one that sort of cropped up uh, recently. Um, it, it, it's, it's about teams and this is really brought on by the PAA's meeting, uh, the board of directors meeting on Wednesday, uh, about teams possibly canceling games under the veil 
if you will, of COVID-19 to sort of avoid playing a superior opponent. Now, it, you know, again, this sort of officially came to light uh, yesterday. Uh, the PIAA issued sort of new guidance on how school officials should kind of handle these cancellations. Uh, you know, the worry is that it's just becoming far too easy for schools to say, hey, listen, we have a COVID case. Uh, we can't play this week. And we either cancel that matchup because it could be a non-conference game or they just backload it to a point that maybe we don't need to play it, uh, you know, in, in mid-November when, when playoffs begin. It's just, a, it's just a contest we might not need. I mean, this, is, this concern, this quote-unquote concern, is, is really nothing new. Um, it, you know, it's happened in all different phases uh, of the football season over the past, at least when I've been doing it, and I've been doing it since, oh, I don't know, the Roman Empire. I'm so old. <laughs> but, you know, it, you know, we've had excuses, low amount of players, even though we've seen, you know, small school programs play with 17, 18 kids. Uh, some of these 6A schools, maybe, you know, 30 kids, well, it's health and safety. We don't have enough players. Uh, we've seen weather concerns um, that have backed up, forced, forced people to back up games um, with, again, with the chance that maybe they don't need them to qualify for the postseason. And if they're out of the postseason, they can choose to play them if the other team's not in. So, um, but no one really questions when it's a health hazard, you know. So the PIAA is asking these schools to, you know, all these eligible schools, they're really pushing obviously to get vaccinated, um, to have all these schools and these, and the, the eligible kids. Now I'm not sure we're even in that phase where again, and I, I haven't checked recently on the, on the age gap, 12 to 15, I think is still sort of up in the air. Is that correct? To, to get vaccinated. I know 15 and older, you know, you're eligible, but I think we're still in. Yeah. That. There's still not clarity on that, but yes. Yeah. I think you're still in that early phase. So obviously yep. there's a lot of 14 and 15 year olds playing football at high school. So, you know, my opinion here is just, <clears throat> it's the right con sort of conclusion for the PIAA, but some of these games, you know, should be forfeits. They should, they, they should go to, uh, a win. You know, you should get a win for these teams uh, that have to either try to scramble to, to replace uh, games. If it's not a legitimate reason. Now, again, it's a slippery slope when you're dealing with a health concern, uh, and, you know, and a pandemic and such COVID-19. So I think you're going to have a very hard, difficult road to kind of make schools, you know, prove that they indeed have a case or two of COVID-19. As you know, there's all kind of rules protecting teenagers, protecting kids um, from releasing medical, you know, injuries and things like that uh all these all these steps are in place to do it so but you really don't need again you don't need a roadmap to kind of figure out who might be ducking an opponent in this situation it's not a great it's not a great thing to know um we've seen it a bunch of different ways but um i'm just not sure how much you know making these teams provide you proof uh is going to change much of um, these cancellations. I, I just don't know how much, uh, you know, how much you're going to get from the schools. In fact, I mean, it's, you know, it, it's becoming dip more and more difficult to sort of extract, you know, some transparency out of some of these schools. Um, and I understand some resistance because again, they are teenagers 
You know, this isn't college and pro football where you know everything about every player, and every injury and his, you know, injury status and all that. Um, so we'll see how this goes. But uh, again, it's it's not really a new phenomenon. You know, uh, we've we've seen it before. Uh, it's just that the 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 idea, uh, you know, when it is COVID, it, I think is a lot more poignant. It's a lot more, you know, it's a lot more poignant in um in trying to prove Ab, how long have you been around high school football this is probably year 26 26 years 27 years oh just a few not many just a few yeah that that i mean obviously your perspective and your insight you're gonna mm-hmm. have boots on the ground and conversations unlike most people who are just like in the stands or you know at home we don't hear them but you might you know, have them relayed to you. So like what you're saying, um, and with COVID, like, where do you find the diplomatic approach? You know, it's just like, there's a lot of emotion involved too, when you've got the commitment from the players, a commitment from, you know, the parents, like you said, it's not college. So, you know, those nuances, uh, but like executing diplomacy at this point, it's a, it's a little, uh, dicey, right? Yeah. And it's really, it's really a topic too, you know, when you're dealing with COVID, it's, it's really an unquestioned, you know, reason. Uh, no one's questioning the fact that, hey, this, you know, we have uh, a few players that are sick and, you know, we've seen the drastic um, conclusion of of some of these players and some of these coaches. I mean, they just had a coach not long ago in Berks County uh, passed away from COVID, you oh, know. Wow. And yeah. And so, I mean, it's it's a real it's a it's a real dangerous uh, thing and it should be treated as such. So it's, it's so. Uh, you know, sh- in other words, should we should we be dealing with worrying about? Okay, this should be a this should be a forfeit. I- is that something we should be worried about? I think you could figure that out postseason. I-, I really do. I think that's something you could say. Listen, you had to reschedule the game. You backloaded. We didn't get it in. It's a forfeit win for the opposition. Uh, in the grand scheme, does that matter when it comes to term? You know, compared to the health hazards of COVID nineteen, no, not at all. So, I, you know, I, I think it's sort of a I think the PIAA sort of, you know, quote unquote um, guidelines are, are in the right place. But I just think it's probably a, a little too strong of an effort um, when you're dealing with, a, a, you know, a single high school football game. Sure. OK, so like in a perfect world, you know, COVID is gone. And we have just a regular flu and cold season. So we've got mail and now we're in a perfect football, perfect world, high school football season, mm-hmm. uh, instant replay. Let's talk about that for a minute. Is it needed in PA high school football? Well, I, I, it was interesting. I had a conversation, uh, just, uh, a few nights ago, um, about this and it really sort of popped up again because, um, Harrisburg's game, uh, impromptu thrown together game against Manhattan Township um, in overtime. It, it appeared that um, Harrisburg running back Makai Hopkins on third and goal. They were down seven in overtime, going in for the winning points. Um, I believe they were at uh, Manhattan Township's two yard line at this point on third down, and it appeared that he fumbled. Now, both side judges came in, marking it to the ground, meaning he was down. Um, we're clearly saying it. And even the back judge who was behind the play and had probably had the best view of it, um, never signaled a fumble. Um, and again, I was on the field 
probably 10 to 15 yard line to the right side on the Harrisburg sidelines. So I never even saw the ball come out. Uh, it was such a, such a, uh, you know, a, a big barrel of, of players in the middle that I mm-hmm. really saw the play out. So obviously man up township came up with the fumble. If they would have been ruled the fumble, the game would have been over man up township would have won. And then of course on fourth down, Hopkins barrels in from the one and Harrisburg wins. So it sort of popped up again, you know, over uh, in the, and the hours after that, after that football game, um, there are some high schools who are um, using instant replay. Um, and there's some that are experimenting with instant replay. Uh, I think New Jersey is actually one of them. Um, I know Alabama is using it currently. Um does Pennsylvania need it? I don't believe they do. I think it's something down the road they will have because I think the electronics that are used now in the sidelines will become better and it won't be so expensive to sort of implement. I use this sort of example in the conversation I had and it was, you know, years ago they wanted play clocks in the end zones at every, at every, that was basically the next step. And, you know, play clocks are expensive. You know, they're $3,500 a piece. You need two of them. If you want the remote control, they're five grand a piece. And who doesn't want a remote control? (laughs) So that's 10 grand, you know, against a, you know, already over tightened school budgets that just get tighter and tighter every year. And, you know, and not to mention all the cleaning products everybody's got to buy now. And it's just, it's an added expense I just don't think we need. I, I don't go to many football games where, you know, I see blatant misses by officials. I think our officials, for the most part, are very, very good at what they do. Um, yeah, and when it comes down to, like, when you're talking about the dollar bills and everything, like, there are schools that have booster clubs and private sure. organizations, but other schools don't have the same. So by virtue of saying, hey, we're all going to do this across the board, I mean, what's the timeline? And like you said, the effectiveness, if it's a very rare occasion that you see um, a cluster that you can't really tell like where that huddle is going to go, like what, what happened to the ball in that situation. Um, so let's jump into, we got to get to our guest. Um, Ep has so much knowledge. He could tell us stories all day long and I am fortunate enough to hear them offline too, but, uh, let's get to this really fun story that I can't, I can't wait to hear it. Um, so he gets a chat with, he gets to chat with Anthony Smith at Chippensburg high school. We are very excited and proud to have Shippensburg tight end slash defensive end slash running back. Anthony Smith joining us here on PA High School Football Report. Anthony, thank you so much for giving us a few minutes of your time. I uh, I hope we're not taking you away from anything important like film no, work man. or worse yet, a school assignment. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> important, young man. <laughs> uh, Anthony, let's, let's just start out uh, with a really big softball question. Um, what's been the secret so far? Shippensburg 3-0. What's been the keys? Um, I think the big secret of our team is just us being together. I mean, we work as a family. I mean, last year we didn't have a lot to be together. And this year we all, I mean, we had a good senior class last year. They didn't get to work together. This year we got to work together and we got, and we've been working together since. We've been working together since <laughs> the end of last football season as a family. I got to tell the people too. Obviously, they can't they can't see you, but you are you are coming to us from a from a shed, and you're doing film work, right? 
right now. Yeah. All right. Tell Coach we appreciate you giving us some time. Anyway. <laughs> All right. Uh, Anthony, during the offseason, what did you want to personally work on, uh, obviously, for this last go around for you? What What were some of your individual goals that you wanted to really, really achieve this year? Um, I mean, two really big goals was my endurance, just to keep up playing offense and defense, and then also my weight. I mean, I wanted to get stronger, but I also wanted to lose a good bit of weight just so I can play both sides of the ball, be a little faster, and then just have my endurance up. I mean, over the summer, I mean, I, I, I started running a lot every single day, and at my peak, I could run around like four-ish miles a street, and... Again, I, I want to keep that up. I, that was really big for me, my endurance and my weight. And right now I've lost I've lost a good bit of weight. At the end of the last football season, I was weighing around like – I think we might have lost you there. Let's see if we can't get Definitely weight and endurance was a big thing for me in the offseason. Uh, what do you what do you sort of think about when you're when you're running? I mean, obviously, running can be a lonely sort of existence. You get inside your own head. What do you what do you sort of think about? I mean, how can like how much is this going to help the team, and how much do I really want it? I mean, when you wake up at six in the morning to go run <laughs> three or four miles, I mean that that takes a good bit of you to wake up every morning and say, I really want to do this. And I, I just think about how much like my team puts the work in, like all of our kids work so hard and we've worked so hard to get to this point in our senior class. And that's why I just think about most, if they want to put the work in, why don't I, we all put the work in as a group and this is, and look where the position we're in right now. It's because everybody works. Exactly. I mean, you've obviously had to make the transition um, into being a leader on the football team. I don't say this in a negative way because it's it's some kind, sometimes it's difficult because I know you're not a very vocal guy. You're more lead by example. Go out there and put your, you know put, put your legs to work and your and your your skills. Um, but was it was it difficult for you to kind of make a, a little bit more of that transition to be more vocal? I don't think so. I mean, I've had leaders in the past. I have Zach Manning, Isaiah Hauser, Don Ford, Jacob Lloyd, Adam Hauser. I mean, those kids are vocal. And I've, I mean, I've learned from pretty much like, I mean, so far, like the best of the best right. that I've been around. So, I mean, transitioning wasn't super hard. Yeah. How has, um, how has basketball helped you out with football? Um, I mean, basketball's kept me in shape. It's kept me in shape, kept me being, like, kept me out of trouble, <laughs> keeps me in school, keeps me doing the right stuff. I mean, I mean, it also helps with, like, my agility and everything. I mean, moving side to side, jumping up and down, running back and forth, that helps a good bit. It's a good stress reliever, too, when you get to break a <laughs> backboard, so. Exactly. Exactly. For those who don't know, Anthony smashed up a backboard pretty good in the summer. Is that correct? Uh, <laughs> was it intentional like the Shaquille O'Neal commercials no I no it wasn't intentional at all <laughs> not the ball one up with two hands it came down with me that's right all right I mentioned I mentioned the words running back in the opener 
do you have the itch now? And I'm not sure coach is going to let you run the ball 20, 25 times a game, but do you have the itch now to run the ball a little bit more? Oh, gosh, yeah, you can ask him. I ask him every single day, hey, can I, can I run the ball a little more? Hey. No. <laughs> no. no. Hey, coach is right there. Yeah, coach is right Seven-run pitch count per game. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's awesome. But I love to run the ball five times a game. Yes. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> no, we got we got plans for you. Six seven two sixty. We we know where you're gonna be. You, you obviously you obviously get a lot of attention no matter where you where you're lining up. All right, we're talking with Anthony Smith, defensive end and tight end at Shippensburg, um, and a University of Minnesota um, commit. Uh, Anthony, let's transition real quick over to that. Um, it, take us through your just commitment to Minnesota. I know you're you're laser focused on this final season, so you haven't really talked much about that. But why the Gophers instead of obviously some of the other programs? I think you were near near around twenty different offers. Um, what was the best things about Minnesota? Um, I mean, when I went on my official visit, um, I believe in a lot of like. <laughs> where I wanted to go was coming from like the coaching to like, and also like the players and like how well I fit in there. And when I went up there from my official visit, I mean, the players to like the other recruits to the coaches, I, I felt like they just like opened me with open arms and like, they're supposed to do that on like official visit, but like, it felt like more than that. It felt like, it felt like real love. Like, and even like, even now like I talked to most of the Minnesota players, I talked to all the coaches, they always like send me a text. I talked to all the recruits, and like it's just it's real like they got real love for me. And like even before like even before I won my official visit, I mean I coach like coach coach Will always texting me, always trying to FaceTime me, and like I, I really just felt the love. And then when I won my official visit, it, it was everything that I expected. It was even everything more than I even expected, and. Like also, it had like glimpses of like Shippensburg and like what I always like love, like what I always love. Like I was born in Philly. I lived in Philly for five years, mm-hmm. and it has the city, it has the countryside, it has a big lake. It's cold. I I like the cold. So, <laughs> and then it's also <laughs> exactly. And then they also have great summers, and this is and the people and. The people in Minnesota, they're just great people. Everybody that I've met there has just been genuinely the nicest people like that I've met. Yeah, I think uh, I don't think people realize uh, Minnesota is very much a four season location. I think everybody just thinks about the snow and the ice and the cold. Exactly. Yeah. It's, it's definitely a little, it's a lot more than that. Like, it's definitely a lot more than that. But like the cool thing about Minnesota, like they're called the Gophers, they have tunnels during the winter. So, like, <laughs> super cold out I can go like through tunnels like and then Minnesota like their football field they have a heated field yeah (laughs) so like it's really going to be that bad no, I think you'll survive. I think you'll be just fine. Um, obviously, Anthony, exactly. is, is the end game. You've got a lot of time to, to work on this, obviously. But what's the end game? Do you really is it is it a push toward the NFL? I mean, obviously, you probably fielded that question before. Um, you're going to a great Big Ten school. Oh yeah, great, great academics. It's, and whatever. it's definitely a push. It's definitely a push. There's no doubt in my mind. I mean, I mean, God willing, God willing, like. If God has a plan for me, I'm going to work. I'm going to work my butt off to get there. 
And if he doesn't, I'm going to work my butt off to get wherever he wants me to go. Uh, and you're going to take it easy on the backboards. Just though. I mean, it, if, if football, hey, I'll try guy, my best. You know what I mean? I'll try my best. <laughs> Every school is on a tight. I'll budget. try my best. Yeah, every school's on a tight budget. <laughs> you can't be smashing any more backwards, all right? Anthony, yeah, I will try my best. Hey, man, we appreciate your time, as always. Uh, congratulations you, on the 3-0 start. Congratulations on Minnesota. And um, best of luck here down the home stretch of your last football season. And we'll be talking to you again. Hey, thank you, sir. Nice, talk, right. nice talking to you. Thank you. So we're back. My name is Jana Benskoder and I'm with Eric Epler. Uh, I'm totally uh, appreciative of him spending time with Anthony Smith. I think that one of the questions if I had the opportunity to ask him would be what is his favorite football commercial? Maybe. And would that have gone over well with him? Probably. Yeah. He, he's a, he's, a, he's fun to talk to. It was, the setup was great because the reason they were out, it was a late night conversation and I thought maybe it was too late. I called, you know, but Coach Faust set it up and they were they were actually sitting outside um, at night watching film. And I'm like, Coach, why are you? It's 830. Like, why are you? Why are you still at school? And he's like, well, we had to wait. We had we wanted to be outside because of COVID. They just wanted to be outside and have the space. So they were sitting in the grass. They set up a projector for their film session. And he said, we had to wait till night so we could see the film on the projector. Oh, that's great. So, And they brought Anthony into their shed, into a maintenance shed right next to the film. So, and they never, they actually never told Anthony that he, that we were going to interview him until, until the set, until about three seconds before we interviewed him. Oh, so, nice surprise. Yeah, it was awesome. It was fun. It was a fun time. So, yeah, they're doing great. Anthony's doing great. Uh, the squad is, you know, there's a lot of buzz and ship. They're 3-0. Um, and they're obviously favorites this week against us, Grant Township, as the colonial season goes. So, yeah, it'll be interesting to see. He'll, he'll do great at Minnesota. He's a Philly kid. So, um, he likes the city, and he likes the fact that you could go 10 minutes out the city and you're in farmland. So he, he, he had a ball. We had a ball talking to him. So we certainly appreciate his time. Cool. What else you got? Who's coming up? Uh, you know, just a couple of top games. We want to, uh, we want to recognize, uh, obviously Harrisburg three, no going to governor Mifflin now, uh, three, no Friday night, seven o'clock, uh, down there in Berks County, Harrisburg, uh, coach Cal Everett always tells us they'll play anybody, anytime, anywhere. And man, is he a man of his word. He's just unbelievable. Uh, Mifflin lost their game with Cedar Crest. Uh, so they became available in Harrisburg, of course, lost their game with Central Dolphin, who's still dealing with COVID issues there for the second straight week. So uh, Harrisburg's going down to play Mifflin. This is the number eight uh, 6A school in Harrisburg against our number one in 5A Mifflin. It's going to be a whale of a ball game, physical, lots of contact. <laughs> I think you make Governor Mifflin a little bit of a favorite. Um, obviously having the top running back in the country in Nick Singleton, but, um, but you know, Harrisburg, Harrisburg, just, they have a way of sticking you around, sticking around and, and playing with you. And, uh, this is going to be a real test for both teams. So it'll be, it'll be a fun one. That's the top one in central PA. Statewide. Yes. Yeah, yep. state, statewide. I'm going to go outside in the Philly burbs, uh, Bishop Shanahan at Downingtown East. This is Friday night at Cottmire stadium. Both teams are three and zero. This is a tough. Uh, Shanahan's my uh, number ten in four A 
in my rankings. Downtown East has sort of been knocking on the 6A door for the past two weeks. Um, this one, this might just blow it open and, and get them inside. It's a tough, it's a tough game for Shanahan because Downingtown East really likes to spread you out. Um, they, they, they hit you with Bo Horvath, their running back. They got some really strong wide receivers um, out, outside. So it's going to be a tough test for Shanahan, but you know, if they compete in this one, you know, down the stretch, um, a loss does not hurt them one bit. And uh, this, t- this is the kind of game that tells you a lot about, are we a legit three and O or are we, we got a hell of a lot of work to do. So this is one of those games for Shanahan. So that should be a good one at Copmire. Great. Good stuff. All right, everyone. So thanks for joining us yet again, uh, week three for our podcast week four for Pennsylvania high school football um, until next week. Enjoy it while you can. Thanks.